The Women's Football Podcast, in partnership with Her Game 2. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Women's Football Podcast in association with Her Game 2. I'm Annie Mills and this is our look at the women's game from the Champions League all the way to the National League and beyond. Joining me, we have Leicester City midfielder Monique Robinson. Hey Monique, how are you? Hey, I'm good, thank you. And we also have friend of the podcast over in Portugal. We have Inyesh Sampaio. Hey there. So firstly, let's head back to midweek where Chelsea and Arsenal played the fixture they'd missed used to their Conti Cup final tie. Both were at home and both had relatively comfortable victories. Chelsea beat Brighton 3-1 thanks to a cracking penalty from Guru Wrighton and further goals from Jess Carter and Johanna Wright in Canard. However, Danielle Carter did manage to grab a consolation goal for Brighton in the 88th minute. Meanwhile, over in North London, Arsenal comfortably saw off Liverpool. Stina Blackstenius opened the score in the 28th minute and six minutes later, Caitlin Board added a second. Inesh, Arsenal, no hangover for them, but it was important that Chelsea bounced back, wasn't it? Yes, exactly. Um, well, Arsenal, you know, they're confident right now, uh, even though they have several important injuries, but uh, especially after, you know, that win against Chelsea, uh, you know, they're in, in a really good moment and it's noticeable on the pitch. Whereas Chelsea had to really bounce back from, you know, from a defeat they clearly did not expect because they are theoretically better than, than Arsenal. So, you know, they, they were like, there were clearly some doubts there. And also Emma, Emma Hayes' uh, comments after that final uh, were a little bit unsettling. So, you know, Chelsea really needed that, that win. And so it was important because you could see there was a it was a bit shaky mm-hmm. but yeah. Uh, but yeah Chelsea really needed that win and they got it so yeah good for sure for Monique on Brighton a strange week for them Jen Schuer left last Monday after only two months in charge what did you make of that and how do you think it's going to impact them going forward um I think his style of play didn't really work in the government style um and it's always hard to implement it in the second half of the season when your team needs to pick up points um but I think it might revitalise them and help them pick up some more points because they need it coming into the back end of the season. Yeah, so you think it'll be a good thing for them? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay, so on to a big game of the weekend. The Sunday lunchtime kickoff was Chelsea versus Man United down at King's Meadow, where a bit of re- regular magic from San Kerr settled a tight game. United dominated possession in the second half, but they did struggle to find that equaliser. That means Chelsea will now go back to the top of the league by two points and they also have a game in hand, whereas that means it was a fifth defeat in five visits for United to Kings Meadow. Inyesh, a different type of victory for Chelsea, wasn't it? They had under 40% possession in the game and they were making sure they had just about solid enough to start for United, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think Chelsea is starting to become that team. You know, uh, despite what I said about the, uh, the defeat uh, against Arsenal, Chelsea are also, especially in England, starting to become that team that, you know, can play not as well, but still get that win because they have the players to get those wins, especially, above all, uh, Sam Kerr. So it's, um, and they're very confident in that sense that, you know, yeah, maybe we won't be the best team on the pitch, but we can still win every game because of the players that we have. And uh, so, yeah, there was, it's, it's it's hard for Man United, of course, but they also didn't create that many chances. 
So despite, you know, controlling the ball and et cetera, but yeah, Chelsea were very, very solid at the back and they clearly had a game plan. They executed it well. And it's tough against a team that is so solid at the back and it can also, you know, in one, one chance, uh, completely like make your plan crumble. So it's, they're a very uh, mature team despite uh, more recent setbacks. Yeah, for sure. I feel like they always adapt to who they play. And it's interesting that you mentioned the game plan there because Emma Hayes mentioned in her post-match interview that she felt like their team executed their game plan to perfection. Would you say that it looked like they did have a game plan today then, even though they were a bit disjointed? Yeah, I mean, I think they were they were willing to give the ball away to United and, you know, wait for United to try and do their, their thing, but also stay solid at the back. And then... Like, it, maybe offen- offensively especially, they weren't as sharp as they are, they usually are. But the fact, well, again, the fact that they have the players they have, even if, you, if Cuthbert was out, even if Wrighton was out as well, and, you know, they don't have harder, etc. But, like, you can still sense that there is that sense of security in you know, being solid and, okay, let's give them the ball, not, not allow them many chances. And then we can create something from nothing because we have those players that can do that. So, yeah, I think that that was their, of course, it's very simplistic the way I'm saying it, but that was the the overall uh, plan for that game, it seems. Yeah. Money, that pass from Lauren James into Sam Kerr was a thing of beauty, wasn't it? Yeah, it was unreal. Um, I think for a striker, you just want the ball to fall out your feet and that pass was absolute pinpoint. Um, yeah, definitely. And Lauren James, she's a special, special player. I feel like we often see moments of brilliance from her. She's become vital to this Chelsea squad, wouldn't you say? Yeah, definitely. I think her footwork um, around the ball, like she's a very tired player um, and it enables Chelsea to get the ball down and play football. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And for United, they've made strides this season against the top teams, but they've come up short against Chelsea twice now, haven't they? What do you make of that? Um, well, I think if you look at United in the past, they've not always been a top three team. Um, so it's always going to be expected to come up against top teams that maybe they're not being uh, going to play as well. But I think to only lose 1-0 today, um, it just shows how far they've come. Yeah, definitely. On to Manchester City, they've also moved level on points with Manchester United now after they won 2-1 at Brighton. Bunny Shaw is on fire at the minute. She opened the scoring for City in the 21st minute, but they were pegged back by Elizabeth Turland soon after. It wasn't looking like the Seagulls might grab a vital point, but Shaw scored her second of the game and her 15th in 15 games in the last minute to grab all three points for City. Inyesh, City haven't lost since the second game of the season and much of the focus has been off them this season, but I think people will be wary of them now, won't they? Yeah, definitely. Uh, They started off very uh, shaky and have really hit their stride now. Uh, and, you know, not having lost since the uh, second game of the season. I think that's what you said. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're really some a team to look out for. And, uh, you know, with players like Bunny Shaw, uh, when you have a striker like that, anything is possible. You know, like when you have a striker like Miedema or Sam Kerr, you know, those players really, really make a difference in a single game. Um, so yeah, they, they're really someone, a team to watch out for. And especially with uh, United being 
still a growing team. Arsenal with those injuries and Chelsea not as which has you know Chelsea has those uh you know a lot of injuries and also sometimes doesn't play as well City can really you know do something uh surprising here even though I don't I don't see them winning the title but you know they're really I think they're a strong contender for the Champions League Mm, for sure. Monique, Bonnie Shaw is an, on an incredible scoring run at the moment. She must be quite a difficult player to play against. Yeah, I think her height and stature adds to it. Like, she's very physical. She uses her body, she pins you, and then she rolls you, um, which I think as a defender is very hard to defend against. And that's how she creates so much space in the box to get her shots. Another note from that game was that the referee was from Japan, Yoshimi Yamashita. It's a long part of a long-standing collaboration between the PGMOL and the JFA. She was also the fourth official for the England versus USA game at the recent Men's World Cup. It's been a very good week for Arsenal. They won the Conti Cup, won midweek and followed that up with a big win against Reading this weekend. That victory keeps them fourth and they also have a game in hand. Do you still think they're a threat to Chelsea, Inesh? I think they're very confident right now, but uh, and they, I think they've kind of broken that uh, sort of uh, psychological curse, so to speak, against Chelsea, because they're really starting to, you know, put their foot down against Chelsea more and more. But I think with the injuries and also, you know, Arsenal are very, um, like irregular team you know they can they they're they're two-faced not in a uh, a lying way but you know they can really give their do their best uh in one game and then the other game be really uh disappointing uh so and they haven't done very well against Chelsea and Manchester United in the in the in the uh, WSL specifically um so I don't know because Chelsea are a team that once they hit their stride and they're able to, you know, distinguish, distinguish from, you know, the cops from the uh, from from the Super League. But once they hit their stride, they're very tough to to stop. They're very difficult to to catch up to. So I think it'll be a race till the end. But I still think Chelsea are favorites for for the title. But still, Arsenal are very confident and they're playing well. They're playing their, you know, that win against Chelsea was, you know, mentally, I think was very important for them because it was like, uh, it wasn't just a win and it wasn't just a title. It was showing that they can beat Chelsea on a good day. And that's very important for any team that feels like they have this um, like psychological uh, barrier. Chelsea was very much a psychological barrier up, up until now. And I think they've managed to, you know, to sort of tear it down. So we'll see. But yes, they, they will definitely still fight for the title. Still think Chelsea have the upper hand. Monique, Leicester kicked off after Brighton. Are you aware of what's happening before you go out for the game or are you kind of just tunnel vision going forward? Um, I think we try and focus on ourselves because at the end of the day, it's all in our hands. But I think in the back of everyone's heads, we know what's going on. On the bench, we're always hearing what the scores are. Um, but we just try and focus on ourselves. Yeah. So at the King Power, Willie Kirk took on his old side Everton and it finished nil-nil. It sounded like a game with a few chances only. What was the mood like in the dressing room afterwards? Um, disappointment, to be honest. We felt we could have got three points and we should have got three points with the results that went around the rest of the table this, this morning. Um, but 
a positive to take is we've got going, some going extra than what we had yesterday and it's closer to our target of saying that. Yeah, and only three points behind Reading, the result versus Arsenal permitting. There must be belief in the dressing room that you can stay up now. Oh yeah, definitely. I don't think anyone believes that we won't stay up. Um, we're all on the same boat and it's just now getting the points on the table and moving up. Yeah, and for you personally, it's been a season of progression, hasn't it? You went on loan to National League Northside Loughborough Lightning and you did really well and got recalled by Leicester. Yeah, um, I think it was the best move for me, to be honest, because I can always sit on the bench for the first half of the season, but at my age, I need minutes, I need to be developing. So by going out, I played four nineties every Sunday and in sense got called back. So it's definitely helped my improvement and got me where I am today. On to West Ham, their poor run in the league continues. They lost at home to Aston Villa, got them out of the FA Cup only two weeks earlier. Rachel Daly opened the score in her 11th for the season. That's her best tally in her domestic career. And then also Jordan Nobbs added a second in the 62nd minute. Vivian Asai had a goal disallowed for eventually getting one back in the 79th minute. In Yesh, Villa have been really impressive, haven't they? Especially with the signings they've made and the style of play that they're adapting. Yes, it's... It's all, it all amounts to the players, like you said, but also the manager. Uh, you know, when you have a manager like that, I think uh, everything is, well, more possible, so to speak, um, because she, she's just so good. And with the likes of Rachel Daly, of course, uh, Jordan Nobbs, I mean, those are players that used to play for top teams like Arsenal, you know, like Houston Dash, Houston Dash from the best league in the world, in my opinion. Um, so, you know, you really have the sense that they're, they've really uh, stepped up this year in terms of quality on the bench, on uh, the pitch. So it's, it's really, uh, it makes sense in a way, you know, it's, it's a logical uh, improvement since the last season because they've added the talent and they have a fantastic manager. So I'm really eager to see what they do this season, but also how they grow. Uh, for you know for next for the following seasons because I think there's a lot of potential with Villa and um, well yeah I think I'm really excited and like you said players a manager it's 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 like the right formula also on to Liverpool who secured a massive win over Spurs at Prenton Park Rose Ayane opened the scoring on the 17th minute but a quick response from Matt Beard's side so Emma Coivisto equalised in the 21st minute and then set up Missy Boykerns who scored the winner that result meant a ninth consecutive defeat for Spurs Inyesh could Spurs be the team that Leicester could potentially leap from rather than Brighton now Spurs are putting themselves in a very dangerous position, and which is weird with you know the the talent that they have, Iwabuchi, England, etc. So, uh, I think uh, if they're not careful, and with Reading and Leicester, uh, you know, lurking, so to speak, no matter how much talent you have on your team or how you know, uh, if you're not careful, uh, if you don't start winning games, uh, things could get very complicated for you. And Spurs are in that position right now. Uh, I think they have the talent to turn it around. But, you know, like I said, uh, talent sometimes isn't enough. And when a team is super low on confidence, which they clearly are, uh, it's natural, you know, every team that gets, you know, that amasses so many uh, losses in a row, 
tends to be, you know, less confident, of course. Uh, so yeah, they're in a very dangerous position right now. And if they don't start winning again, or even getting points again soon, uh, they could find themselves in a very surprising position that they wouldn't have expected. I think they wouldn't have expected being there right now, uh, you know, where they are right now at the end of the season, at the start of the season. Uh, and if they don't start, you know, getting those points, they might have a very, very disappointing season, even more so than right now. Okay. Do you feel that Liverpool now seven points clear of that one relegation spot potentially are a bit safe now? I, I don't think anyone is safe until the end of the season. But yeah, they're they're clearly you know uh, in a safer position, uh, and they're showing their quality now. And I think they could um, they could you know finish off very well. But um, yeah like i said it's 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 a marathon this is a mar- the a championship is a marathon so you can never uh let up you can never relax until the very 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 end so i think it's very, it's going to be a very interesting um you know uh race for for non relegation for you know against relegation yeah monique that's another result that you will have kept a close eye on i'm sure yeah, definitely. I think out of the two teams, we wanted Liverpool to win um, because there are only points ahead of us and Tottenham are closer. So it just means that Tottenham are staying in the relegation battle with us. So it's a result we wanted. Hmm. On to the championship, and Bristol remains six points clear after they beat Durham 3-0. Two goals from Grace Clinton, her sixth in five games since joining from Everton, and one from Gracie Pierce saw the Vixens home. London City bounced back from the shock home defeat to Sheffield United last week to beat Lewes 3-1. London City were out of sight by 38 minutes thanks to goals from Sarah Ewans, Sinead Hopcroft and Kyra Carasu. Lily Ag was sent off for the Lionesses and Ellie Mason got one back for Lewes, who of course take on Manchester United next weekend in the FA Cup. Monique, how do you see the title race going at this point? Um, I think Bristol are very much ahead at this point. I think the shock um, defeat to London City last week sort of blew it back open a little bit. But I think Bristol are going to win it. Third place Southampton missed out on a chance to close the gap as they were held to a goalless draw at St Mary's by Blackburn Rovers. Birmingham are a point behind the Saints and they missed a chance to leapfrog them as they also drew at home 2-2 with Charlton. Darren Carter's side were 2-0 through Jade Pennock and Louise Quinn, but goals from Kira Skills and Mel Johnson had Karen Hills' side taking home a share of the spoils. Sunderland moved 10 points clear of Coventry United as they beat Lee Birch's side 3-0. 17-year-old Katie Watson made it 3-3 as she opened the scoring and two goals in just four minutes in the second half from Emily Scar and Brianna Westrup saw the Black Cats comfortably home. Sheffield United remained second bottom as they lost 1-0 at home to Crystal Palace with Coral Jade Hines on the score sheet. Over in the National League, the weather played its part as there was just one game in the North, but what a result it was for Nottingham Forest as they won 12-1 away at Boldmere St Michael's. That now moves Forest seven points clear with two games in hand and with a massive goal difference. Monique, everyone expected Burnley or Wolves to be up there, but Forest are doing a superb job so far, aren't they? Yeah, I think um, Forest were always going to be one of the top teams in the league, um, especially with the funding that they got from the men going up this season. Um, but I think Burnley, Burnley were very much a team that scored 
a lot of last minute goals and got them points. Um, whereas for us have been very consistent this season. So there's no it's not unexpected that they're at the top. And down at the bottom, Boldmere St. Michael's remained second bottom above the side you went on loan to earlier this season, Loughborough Lightning. It's been a tough season for them, hasn't it? How did you find it there? Um, I think mentally it was very draining. Um, I think going out into the pitch and losing every week just takes a lot of the fun out of the game. I mean, we're just here for the fun. We're like, we're here to have fun um, as it's what we love to do. Um, so to lose every week is not doesn't fill us with confidence. But I think the scorelines on games doesn't reflect how we played. Um, we're unfortunate to be on as little points as what we are. Um, but it'll be tough to stay up. In the Southern Division, it's a lot tighter. Ipswich Town still lead the way by a point from Portsmouth. Both sides win at home. Ipswich 3-0 against London Bees and Portsmouth at home to Plymouth Argyle. Third place, Oxford United didn't play and Watford remained six points behind with two games in hand as they won 2-0 at Gillingham. Other results saw Billericay beat Bridgewater 4-1 and MK Dons won 3-1 against Crawley Wasps. Looking abroad and in Spain, it's 56 straight La Liga wins for Barcelona as they beat Levante 4-0, with Etana Bonmati getting two goals and Claudia Pina Fridolina Rolfo added a fourth in stoppage time. Inyesh, amazing record, and this was no mean fit either, was it? Because Levante have been on an 11-game unbeaten run themselves. Yes, and uh, Barcelona weren't really themselves in this game. I know that the score doesn't show that, but it was a very tough game for Barcelona. Uh, Levante are a very, very good team. Uh, they have very, very good players. One of them is Portuguese, Tatiana Pinto. She's <laughs> been scoring a lot of goals this season. Um, but yes, it's been a uh, it was a, a tough game for Barcelona, uh, but they've shown. Well, I was talking about Bar about Chelsea uh, a while ago, but truly, Barcelona can win any game, and they don't have to play all that well because they're that much better than almost everyone else. Um, and but they really showed that they can struggle a lot against. Uh, very competitive uh, opponents, such as Levante. And despite that, they got the win. They got a lot of goals. And um, it's an amazing record. And it shows how well they've been doing things internally, uh, not just on the pitch, but, you know, structure-wise, um, department and planning-wise. Because the truth is, for example, you know, getting players like Fidelina Holful, uh, Kira Walsh, Lucy Bronze, etc. You know, and getting those players because they need those players, not just because you know that star shines the brightest, so I'll get it. No, they 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 have a plan uh, in terms of you know uh, the, the women's team, and um, that's really good to see. And it leads to these results because there's a, a good structure behind a good team. And it helps them beat everyone else uh, at home, at least. We'll see about the Champions League. But yeah, the, at, the, at the moment, there is really no um, opponent, no rival for Barcelona. As good as Levante and Atleti and Real Madrid are, it's still not uh, a match. It's still not uh, evenly matched, I mean. 
And um, yeah, Barcelona will keep amassing records because they're that good. Levante remain in third, 13 points behind Barca, but only six points behind Real Madrid, who are playing in the Madrid derby away at Atletico, which finished nil-nil. Levante's target now will be to try and catch and pass Real Madrid. Yeah, I think um, being six points off is an easily achievable target. Um, you just got to focus on what's closer to you rather than reach for the stars, basically. Yes, uh, Levante are having a, an expected, unexpectedly uh, good season. And with Real Madrid having an unexpectedly uh, not as good season, uh, at least not up to the standard they would have wanted to you know to play at uh i think levante can really um reach for that second place i don't know what will happen obviously but i think it'll be pretty much between real madrid and levante and which is important because uh there's a you know with champions league spots for grabs and uh you know the money that comes from the champions league which is increasing uh season by season um, yeah, I think Levante, with the talent that they have in their team, can really fight uh, for that second place and maybe uh, take it from Real Madrid's hands, which would be a massive surprise, but not undeserved. Some great news came out on Wednesday on International Women's Day with the government announcement to help girls follow in the England women's team's footsteps. The game-changing decision to provide girls with equal access to football in schools as part of an all-sports pledge meets one of the FA's key strategic objectives. It will significantly increase participation across the nation and build on the inspiration of England's triumph at the UEFA Women's Euros 2022. It came as a result of the open letter to former Prime Ministerial contenders Rishi Sunak and Liz Truss, signed by all 23 players in the England Euro winning squad after their historic win. As part of the announcement, the government will make it clear to schools that they are expected to deliver a minimum of two hours of PE per week and ensure that girls have equal access to all school sport, including football. The transformational change is backed by a multi-million pound investment in school sports and after-school activities, including over £600 million in funding over the next two academic years for the PE and sports premium and £22 million for the School Games Organisers Network. This multi-year funding package provides schools across the country with the security and stability to make long-term plans for PE and school sport, including girls football. The government will also issue strengthened guidance to schools on how to spend this funding, including new guidelines on equal access. They've also created a new new digital tool for the PE and sport premium in order to support schools and ensure that they're using the funding to the best advantage of the pupils. Girls, this seems like a significant moment, not even just for women's football, but for women in sport in general, don't you think? Uh, Well, um, I am not fully aware of how the structure uh, works in in the UK, obviously, Uh, although I did my internal affairs in CTJ, not too well, but uh, (laughs) but like it seems like a massive step forward for women in sports overall, like you said. Uh, not just um, footballers, female footballers. And it seems like also also the uh, significance of it, the symbolism in terms of because they were able, they were willing to listen to the to the women's national team. It wasn't just, you know, because when when there's such a big event as Euros and England won, of course, but you always wonder, okay, is this gonna affect um 
you know, enduring change? Is this going to have an impact besides, you know, more fans or, you know, that passing impact, uh, you know, of, of, of partying and celebrating, etc. And this shows that these players now have more power to help affect change, to help, um, you know, be deciders and deciding things that are good for women's football and women's sports. And they, they are using that power uh, uh, for good, so to speak. Uh, they're using that power to try and impact, to try and make an impact and to try and, you know, uh, help women's sports in general, not just women's football and to, you know, uh, help uh, those who decide make better decisions and actually make decisions uh, for women's sports. Monique, as a woman in football and a woman in sport in general, this is a very significant push, isn't it? How would this have made your journey easier coming through school? Yeah, I think like you said, it's a massive push. Um, when I grew up, I played for a boys team until I was 15, um, which is always hard because it's like, you're the only girl on the team and it's like, I shouldn't be there as such um, when I'm just as good as the others. Um, but I think, like you said, it's a big push and it just makes it more, it creates a more safe environment for girls to enjoy what they want to do um, and not worry about the stigma of it's a boys sport, they shouldn't be here and stuff. Do you think it will make girls more likely to join football teams and want to get into football now that they have equal opportunity to boys? Yeah, 100%, because football is a sport that anyone can play. Um, doesn't matter if you're a girl or a boy. Um, and like I said, it just makes it more, more comfortable um, environment for them to be in. And it's just good for keeping fit and having fun when you're at a young age. Well, that's all from us today. A big thanks to Monique and Inyesh for coming on the pod. It's been really lovely to chat to you both. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast via all good podcasting platforms and give us a follow on Twitter at TWFP1 and on Instagram, it's the Women's Football Podcast, where you can see what Cardiff City ladies Phoebe Poole got up to pre-match ahead of the Genero Advan Trophy final against Cardiff Mets. Have a lovely week, everyone. Bye.